0: Hello?
1: Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole
0: series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence.
2: To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people, of the world, and especially the United States
0: And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
2: Your host Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.com. .info, where you can find our full show archive, our montage archive, our top news stories. We link up some of the best articles from the week, all of my books and more at www.thesecretteachings.info. I get asked a lot, what exactly inspires you to do a radio show? And I never really know how to respond to that question because I'm not really sure what inspires me to do a radio show. During the weekend, I always have time off of radio, of course, and I work a part-time job. But I'll browse the internet, I'll look for news articles and see what's in the news. And I usually have a, a list of things that I will, I'll look for. I, I do shows on health and food ingredients, and try to inform people about health overall. We do shows on things that are more biblical, apocalyptic, theological. We do things that are relatable to, I guess you could say, like metaphysics. And we do shows on things that are parapolitical, that are parapsychological, paranormal activity. We do shows on popular Conspiracies, popular culture, and a lot of shows are kind of a mash up and a mix up of that. And so, I'll find an article, could be, let's say, on the Loch Ness monster, and I'll I'll think to myself, well, let's let's do a crypto show, a cryptozoology show. And we did one of those last week, and we uh, have another one of those scheduled for tomorrow night, another cryptozoology type show. And over the weekend, I had seen an article that I thought was kind of interesting. I had read it before, and I think I mentioned it on an older show back in January. It was published by Forbes magazine, and the the headline read, did watching all those zombie movies prepare you for the pandemic? Research says yes. Now, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek article, and it's based on a tongue-in-cheek study of 300 people, And the study was published in the journal Personality and Individual Differences, early January 2021. And it basically says that people who watched horror movies, particularly zombie movies, were better prepared for the COVID-19 pandemic than people who didn't binge watch seasons of The Walking Dead. Now, there's only 300 people in the study. It's tongue-in-cheek. The article's tongue-in-cheek. But it's still an interesting psychological evaluation. The study authors, John Johnson, a professor of psychology at Penn State, and uh, the other authors in the study, said, quote, After factoring out personality influences, which were actually quite strong, we found that the more movies about zombies, alien invasions, and apocalyptic pandemics people had been uh, exposed to, people had seen prior to COVID-19, the better they dealt with the actual current pandemic. These kinds of movies apparently serve as mental rehearsal for actual events. Now, I'm not sure what these researchers believe or what kind of uh, intellectual endeavors they have subjected themselves to outside of you know, traditional institutional textbook psychology. But it's really interesting what the lead author of the study, John Johnson, said, because what he's explaining is a combination of predictive programming and revelation, and revelation of the method. Predictive programming is basically what it sounds like. You are programming people to think and to act and to believe and to perceive in a certain way prior to an event that has been planned and organized so that when that event happens, their reaction to it is inorganic and they react in the way in which the programmers want them to react. That's predictive programming and you show them that through programming. It's literally programming your perception and your behavior. It's programming your brain. And in a sense, it's overriding consciousness. It's literally brain manipulation, mind control if you will. And that's what we call television programs. Got to you know, you know grandma says I got to watch my program. Yeah, you know, your mom or dad got they got to watch their program at night. It's programming, literally. And that word has more than one meaning of course, but it's programming. It's programming you to think and to believe and to see the world in a certain way. So the researchers explained that it was predictive programming. They just didn't say predictive programming, but that's what it is. If you watched zombie movies, You know, Alien invasion movies, apocalyptic pandemics. If you watched Contagion, if you watch those movies, you're better prepared for the pandemic. Well, that's predictive programming. Even if it's not a staged event and your reaction's inorganic, they're basically suggesting, and it has the same effect, but they're just basically suggesting that if you watch those things, you're better prepared for something like that when it actually happens. Others might suggest the opposite, though. I think that some people might be less prepared for it. At least less prepared in an organic way, because if you watch "I Am Legend," then you might think, "Well, I'll be the one to survive when the zombies come. I'll be the one to survive when all the all the people I know and all the people I love they die. I'll be the one to survive. I'll be Will Smith. I won't be a Dark Seeker, right? I won't be affected by the Crippen virus. It won't get me. I'll be I'll be I'll be alive. I mean, that's that's." When you watch a movie like that and there's one singular character, you put yourself in the position of that character. And I think that contrary to what the researchers suggested, I think people would actually be less prepared to deal with these types of things because they don't have uh, a natural reference point. They, They perceive the event in the real world as being related to the event on television or in movies. Now, if you were being trained for it, that's one thing, but predictive programming is different because it's programming you with this futuristic prediction, staged or otherwise, and you don't really know how to react to it except in the way that you're being programmed to react. I think people would be better prepared if they didn't watch those kinds of things. Now, and everybody's of course different, so that doesn't apply to everybody. But th- I think that if you took someone and sat them down and said, "Okay, look, we're we're going to prepare for this in case it happens," that's different than subconsciously programming somebody to prepare for something. I think it actually has the opposite effect. But I'm not a psychologist, so people wouldn't listen to me. Uh, but I would also suggest that it, it it also for some people has the effect that the researchers are suggesting. So that was just a quirky fun article that we read in early January and again it was published in Personality and Individual Differences, the study, the article is from Forbes back published January 12th of 2021. So they're saying if you watch these zombie movies you were better prepared for the pandemic, right? And uh, they explain the psychology of it. Kind of like that episode of Black Mirror where the guy goes to test out the video games and he goes to that horror house and your worst nightmares manifest in this house. They put this little like kind of like a microchip sticky thing on your neck or your I think and they put it on his neck or his head. And you have to watch the episode because it's kind of misleading. But his worst nightmares, they manifest in this game. and That's what makes it so scary and so unique to the individual. And they explained in the episode that it allowed you to live out your worst nightmares in relative safety. And those things couldn't hurt you. And that's why we go to movies and we watch zombies and aliens and things like that anyway. Because we are entertained by it and we can experience something that's frightening, something that's scary. We can experience the end of the world essentially without having to actually deal with the consequences of something uh, on that scale that essentially ends life as we know it. And that's basically what the researchers found were that people who had watched horror movies uh, and they, in, uh, they they were more uh, able to deal with, with the idea of those things because they were, they were fans of those types of genres. And uh, you, you basically are practicing what the researchers call emotion regulation when you watch aliens or zombies or you watch, you know, asteroid movies and you watch The End of the World. Uh, I just watched Greenland recently, and that was a really good, I thought it was a really good movie. I watched it uh, twice a couple of weekends ago. So, when you watch these kinds of films, it's supposed to better prepare you to deal with disaster, better prepare you to deal with the fear. Now, I think that zombies and aliens, a little bit different than asteroids, but zombies and aliens obviously can be very symbolic and very metaphoric. And I know that when you watch like independence day and you see the big spaceships over new york city and all the major cities in the world and the big blue beam of energy comes down and blows up new york city blows up the white house see that's an exaggeration that's that's a hyperbolic example of an alien invasion but alien can mean a lot of different things right if you have scientists and you have doctors and you have people who are eugenicists and you have people that are borderline psychopaths or fully crossed over the line into psychopath, and they are telling you that human beings are dirty, that human beings are breathing out poisonous gas, and that it's dangerous to the environment, you know, carbon dioxide, and that humans shouldn't shake hands anymore, and they should cover their faces, and they should distance themselves from others. I was just walking down the street in the city of Rochester a couple of days ago, and uh, these two people who also were not wearing masks, they saw me, and they immediately jumped into the road to get away from me. And then even though they didn't even have a mask on, they looked at me, like I was walking toward them with like a shotgun. And it just it just struck me that even when people remove their masks, they get their vaccines and they feel safe to some extent. I can't tell you exactly how they feel, but they seem to have let their guard down. They are still terrified of other human beings. And the people, the doctors, the scientists, the psychopaths, that have created and they've they've cultivated this environment, you cannot tell me that these people are not under the influence of something that is alien, alien to humans. Humans are social creatures. Humans need to socialize. Humans need physical contact, generally speaking. Humans need to interact with others, to have relationships. Humans need to socialize. Humans are social creatures. We need validation. We need to communicate with others. We need to be communicated with. And so anything that is opposing that natural human quality is a little bit alien. And so if you sit and you think about it, You could say that what is happening in the world is like an alien invasion. And it is indeed like an alien invasion because the way in which the established authorities have approached what we call a pandemic is as if they were an invading extraterrestrial force. And they've turned the average person walking down the street towards you who hops into oncoming traffic because you don't have a mask on turned them into zombies. Now, that that's, that's the way that I viewed it. However, researchers, professors, psychologists from multiple universities have published an article in The Conversation claiming that after a year of the COVID-19 pandemic, The coronavirus has messed with our minds and our bodies and that the coronavirus has tricked us into believing that when we are healthy, we're actually healthy. Yeah, kind of bizarre, right? Like, if I'm healthy, I'm I'm healthy. But they're saying that the coronavirus has made us think when we're healthy, we're really healthy when we're not healthy. And they're suggesting that if you are not sick, you are a bigger threat than the people who are sick. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty alien. And they're telling us that those of us who aren't sick, we're like zombies animated by the virus walking around getting other people sick. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're going to go deeper into this tonight, read through these articles, these studies, and compare it to popular culture right here on The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, All of my digital books and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week, supporting both the Secret Teachings and the Fringe FM. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to the Fringe FM.
1: Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality?
0: Do you question the nature of your reality? Join me, host Jess Rogie of The Rogie Report, as we find out more about the strange reality we live in. Here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan
1: Gable. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable.
2: It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: This is David Ike, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: It's time you got acquainted
0: with the real hard truth.
1: This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered Radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
2: From parapsychology to pop conspiracy and from parapolitics to health and esoterica, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and I'll bring you all of this and more five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM by using critical thinking and objectivity as keys to understanding, utilizing, and appreciating the secret teachings of all ages. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void. This is Grammy-nominated recording artist Johnny Cobb. You're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. A number of researchers, a number of scientists, from psychology to medicine to emergency medicine from Arizona State University, the Center for Evolution and Medicine, and the University of New Mexico have come together and have suggested that the coronavirus is messing with our minds as much as it's messing with our bodies. An article came out from The Conversation with these scientists, psychologists, doctors, researchers coming together and suggesting that COVID-19 is a zombie virus. Now, unlike the 2021 study that I mentioned at the very, very introduction, the very beginning to tonight's show, published in Personality and Individual Differences, It suggested that people who watch zombie movies, alien movies, and uh, things like that are apocalyptic, uh, pandemics, uh, contagion, for example, are better prepared to deal with pandemics. They're better prepared to deal with disasters. Now, in a way, yes, that makes sense. But when you talk about predictive programming, you're being programmed to react a certain way. And so there's a little bit of a difference between being prepared through preparedness that is conscious and intentional and then being prepared subconsciously for something that might have been planned or at least the response to something natural uh, is, is authoritarian and organized and doesn't have the best interest of the people in mind. So predictive programming, yes, but also a revelation of the method of how things are prepared and how things are conducted and how things are organized so that people can inorganically be triggered and stimulated to respond to those, those programs like hitting enter or the space bar on a keyboard. These other scientists, researchers, I don't know what people call, you know, psychologists or doctors. I, I, I have a hard time with these words, you know, like experts, but these are the people that have gotten together and they've said, look, COVID-19 is a zombie virus. And unlike the article from Forbes and the study about watching these movies and being better prepared, which was more tongue-in-cheek, this is a very serious article. These researchers are serious. They said that the COVID-19 virus is a zombie virus. It turns people not into the undead, but rather into the unsick. And I rarely read articles anymore, but I need to read you this because this is very important. It says, by interfering with our body's normal immune response and blocking pain, the virus keeps the infected on their feet spreading the virus. Now, they don't say it keeps the sick on their feet. It says it keeps the infected on their feet spreading the virus. Now, they use the, I would call it a famous fungus, the Ophiocordyceps fungus that zombifies ants. And they use the Toxoplasma gondii, a single-celled parasite that completes its life cycle by leading rodents into the jaws of predators as two natural examples of real zombie viruses. Or real zombie-like, you know, virus-like things that happen in nature. I think a lot of you are probably very familiar with the zombified ants. That's become a very popular thing in popular culture because people relate that to a potential, you know, real zombie apocalypse like The Walking Dead. But zombies are not necessarily, just like aliens, are not necessarily, you know, The Walking Dead or... The, the, the hive locusts from Independence Day. Uh, zombies and aliens uh, are metaphors. Even an asteroid movie, uh, something that's a uh, deep impact or a movie like uh, Greenland. I just watched that. That's a really good movie, I thought. One of, one of my favorite asteroid movies, I think. Now, uh, those movies can also be metaphoric as well of things raining down from the heavens. and It all has this apocalyptic end of the world uh, tone to it. And so these these professors, these researchers, these scientists are suggesting that SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is a zombie virus and that it's quote, a master manipulator operating under the radar. They say this pandemic may have unleashed a horde of the unsick, infected, and unwitting victims of a manipulative virus. So not only, get this, not only if you are healthy are you actually sick, but you aren't even in your right state of mind, you are under the influence of the virus. So in other words, what they're suggesting is if you, as a free, sovereign, healthy individual, refuse to get tested, refuse to get vaccinated, and display no symptoms whatsoever of being sick from COVID or from anything. The symptoms of COVID are the same as the flu, and they're actually less severe than the symptoms of the vaccine, according to the FDA and uh, other reports that have come out about the vaccines that cause neurological degeneration, Prion's disease. Uh, The journal Microbiology and Infectious Disease showed that a couple of months ago. Uh, It causes Prion disease, which is Alzheimer's, ALS, and Things like autism, uh, neurological degeneration. So if you refuse those things, you are actually being manipulated by the virus. You are not thinking for yourself. The virus is thinking for you. Now, if you're sick and you're coughing and you're having trouble breathing and you just don't look that well, you are not spreading the virus you're actually safe from the virus. Well, of course, if you're sick and you had the virus, right, if we believe in germ theory, then you can't really catch it again while you have it, per se. So they're saying that the people who are healthy are moving about like zombies, making people who are sick, sick. It doesn't make any sense, of course, but we need to read further to find out what they're suggesting and what they're telling us that the horde of unsick are unwitting victims of the virus. The virus is controlling. I didn't know that. Did you know the virus is controlling your mind? If you're healthy, you get up every day. You have a big bowl of oatmeal. Maybe you have a tea. You have a smoothie. You go for a run. You go for a jog. You run. You know, You know. do some yoga and you feel great. You feel better than you've ever felt in your life. That's not you. That's the virus making you feel like you're healthy when you're actually sick and spreading the virus to other people who are obese and who have diabetes and who generally don't take care of themselves and who smoke and who drink excessively. See, that's not their fault, okay? Drinking and doing drugs and smoking cigarettes and eating 50 cheeseburgers a week, that is natural, okay, folks? That's a natural thing. Obesity is natural. It's healthy. Don't fat shame these people. They're not sick because of their lifestyle choices. They're not sick because of environmental exposure to electromagnetic frequencies or environmental exposure to pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, poisons, chemicals, heavy metals. They're sick because you, who woke up and had a bowl of oatmeal and did yoga, and you, you you took a took a, a lap around the the apartment complex or your your residential neighborhood. You know you got your smartwatch on, you got your your headphones on. You went to the gym. You're the reason people are sick. Okay, so get back inside and quarantine. You dirty human being. You filthy, disgusting, organic life form. Get back inside. The aliens don't want you out there spreading this disease that can make. The aliens sick, okay? The aliens don't like carbon dioxide, apparently. So get back inside. You think I'm being facetious? That is what we're being told. Now here's what the article says. It says, How the virus turns us into the unsick. Well, that's pretty interesting. They're telling us literally that the people that are healthy are actually sick, and the people that are sick are actually healthy. I mean, it just really messes with your mind. And they tell us, quote, it is the unsick who spread the virus most readily. About 40% of those with SARS CoV 2 are asymptomatic spreaders, never showing symptoms at all. Okay, that's because they're not sick. And if you played around with that 40% statistic, and the 6%, according to the CDC, who have died of COVID 19 is the only cause of death. of the people who have died have died of two plus almost three on average additional diseases and conditions like obesity, which they also tell you if you're obese, the vaccine won't work. So if the vaccine won't work when you're obese, it, it really demonstrates the vaccine doesn't work at all because it should matter if you're obese. And if they say it does matter if you're obese, then I guess they're fat shaming what they're actually telling you is the body's breaking down, you're dying. It's not because of COVID-19. It's because you're obese or whatever else you have going on. Uh, you're sick from something, uh, exposure to poisons, bioaccumulation. Uh, there are a number of things, but if you played around with that number in that respect and compared it to the, the data from the CDC for for actual death tolls and uh, you factor out the re classification of the flu, which in the UK, they say they have no cases of the flu this year. Literally, that's mainline news. No cases of the flu. It must be the mask, they say. Well, how can it be the mask? The mask can stop the flu, but it can't stop COVID. No, they're just reclassifying the flu into COVID. It's just a body's detoxification process. It's not flu season. Like the flu runs around infecting people. You get sick because it could be, you know, it's climatic changes, People get sicker around the holidays because they eat more and they eat poorer. I, I hope that you understand that. Forty percent of those with SARS-CoV-19 or COVID-2, COVID-19 are asymptomatic spreaders. They never show any symptoms at all. Well, that's because they're not sick, but oh, let's see what they have to say. And, and those who do show symptoms are mo- most contagious in the two days before symptoms appear. Why people don't feel sick early or sick at all might be part of the evolutionary strategy of SARS-CoV-2. So, if you don't feel sick at all, and you're not sick at all, then this is the virus manipulating you. First of all, can you believe that a PhD, that a psychologist that that i mean the university the state uh, arizona state university the university of new mexico like these are these are pretty big universities the center for evolution and medicine how can these psychologists and, and, and doctors and professors how can these people suggest this and keep their credibility i mean with the exception of the obvious answer that they're working for the mainstream narrative not that they're working for somebody but they're reinforcing the mainstream narrative and that's what's acceptable. How can these people retain their jobs? You know, th- th- this is just absurd. But don't. But that, I'm sorry, that's the virus talking. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring Ryan back. A look under the hood of the virus reveals more about the manipulative machinery. Oh, it's manipulative machinery. That means the virus is operating on a whole other level. It's not really machinery when... The mainline narrative about viruses is that they don't—it's not a complex organism. But who cares? Let's even let's throw that out too. SARS-CoV-2 interferes with the person's immune response. This is why people don't necessarily feel sick and withdrawn as they would in a typical viral infection. Instead, SARS-CoV-2 silences the body's alarm signals that otherwise would orchestrate antiviral defenses. It blocks interferons, a set of molecules that. Help fight viruses. Interferon activity makes people feel more depressed and socially withdrawn. So when the novel coronavirus impedes uh, interferon activity, mood is lifted and people go out and socialize and you feel less sick. So they're suggesting you you get what they're saying, right? They're telling you that if you want to go socialize with your friends and you feel like you're in a good mood and you feel healthy, that's the virus manipulating you. Now, my question is, how do you quantify that suggestion with billions of people who are not sick on a daily basis? How do you compare and determine which of those people who are not sick actually have the virus? Well, it's really silly, I guess, to even think that because the obvious answer to that proposed question is they're assuming everybody's sick, but nobody's sick. So everybody's guilty until proven innocent. Everybody's sick until declared healthy. That's what's happening. This is a rewriting and a rewiring and an inverting of reality. So the healthy people, the free people, are the threat to the sick and enslaved. It's no wonder this was partly written by psychologists, because that's what I've been telling you for years. That's who runs the world, psychologists. The article goes on, the virus also decreases pain perception. Normally, pain motivates us to hunker down when we need to heal. But COVID-19 does not do that. It blocks this response by preventing the transmission of pain signals. This is why people feel fine even when they are teeming with virus before the onset of symptoms. Huh. They also told us that most of the people are asymptomatic. They have no symptoms, but you're teeming with the virus before the onset of symptoms and you have no pain. Okay, let's, let's, let's unpackage that quickly. First of all, when you're sick... Your body is responding to something that has interfered with its natural processes. They call it a virus. I call it pharmaceutical drugs, poor diet, environmental exposures to chemicals and toxins and poisons, heavy metals, insecticides, pesticides, herbicides. I call it the body's detoxification process, even if it were a virus causing the pain or the lack thereof in the case of COVID, the only way they can determine how much of that virus is in your body is through testing, like PCR testing. And the medical journal, The Lancet, which is more prestigious than the University of New Mexico or this other arizona state university the lancet said that most of these pcr tests have on average on average not you know on average 33% false positive 33% false positive and the inventor of the test said that the test does not tell you that you're sick we've played you want me to pull that audio again i've played it 100 times and That particles in the body don't have a a definitive part to play in your sickness or in your potential sickness. They're just particles in the body. And when you amplify these tests to roughly 20, 30, 40% what they normally would be, the cycles they would be run at you get false positives. Even the New York Times reported that and said that up to 80% of positive cases here in New York, this nightmare, hellish state of New York, it's beautiful, but politically speaking, they said that those cases would be negative. So you feel fine even when you're teeming with virus before the onset of symptoms, though they tell you that you really don't have any symptoms on average, you feel fine. And... You're, 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 you're healthy, but you're actually sick, but you're teeming with virus, and they only determine that with tests that are largely inaccurate false positives. So, th- this whole idea that's being proposed in this article is that human beings are the disease, human beings are the virus, human beings are the, 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 the sickness of this planet. And, and what did Agent Smith say in The Matrix? The AI is the cure. And these psychologists and professors and scientists that tell us that those people who have COVID-19, but they don't know it. It's a majority of people, and they're all walking around unsick, like the undead. They're zombies. They even say this, that by interfering with the body's immune response and blocking pain, the virus keeps the infected on their feet, spreading the virus. How can you, there's no science at all to quantify that. There's nothing to support or back that up. This is psychology. This is propaganda. This is anti-human telling us that if you're healthy, you're actually sick. You're making the sick people sick when you're healthy. The only way you can be healthy is if you're sick. I mean, this is alien. This is zombified. These people that are suggesting this, they don't seem to like humans too much. Now, they tell us COVID-19 dampens the body's response to infection. It hinders pro-inflammatory cytokines, molecules that help spur the immune response. This, too, makes hosts feel better than they should. Typically, feeling sick helps our bodies prioritize healing by making us reduce our energy expenditure. With SARS-CoV-2, unsick hosts have the energy to do as much as they used to, maybe more. So if you're feeling really, really good, like me, because you went in and read The Lancet, Microbiology and Infectious Disease, you read all the studies on masks, you read the literature on Pfizer and Merck and Johnson and Johnson vaccines, and you see that it's all based on misleading claims and fraud and you read the CDC's uh, weekly report last Friday where they said masks did nothing they did nothing you actually have in places where there was no mask mandate less sick people than in places where there were hardcore restrictions like New York or California or Oregon but if you read all that and you feel pretty good about yourself and you do what I do you go outside you read a book you take a walk you know, you just go and do things, you're actually under the control of the virus, and it's making you feel good, so you go spread the virus. This is absolutely preposterous. This is absolutely egregious. And they're telling us this is happening because the virus is mutating, and then when they get to the end of this article... They struggle to explain how these mutations have occurred, because this is like complex stuff, they say, for a virus to be able to do this. There's no mention that if what they were saying is true, that the virus or whatever they call a virus, a binary weapon system, perhaps, a biological weapon, a genetic weapon, that it could have been manufactured No, we still can't go there, but we can take normal human behavior. You're healthy, you do yoga, you take a run, you read a book, you want to go to the movie, go out to eat. This is really the virus controlling you. You need to go home, quarantine, lock yourself down, not communicate, don't shake hands, don't kiss, don't have sex, don't watch a movie with your friends. Don't do anything that's human. Okay, so they're not turning us into you know, uh, zombies. And, and 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 they're not turning us into some kind of like controlled, manipulated population of slaves. This is anti-human. This is slating the human race for total annihilation culturally, socially, economically. This is eradicating what makes us human. This seems to be some kind of, like, alien ideology, doesn't it? Like, this is alien to human. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM.
3: All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info.
1: Hey Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM, BTS. Is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times free registration for our newsletter merch and much more again that's beyond the strange monday evenings 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm and as always stay strange the truth is out there and so are we ktlk digital broadcasting the fringe fm
2: The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to The Fringe FM.
0: This is Jess Rogie, host of The Rogie Report, and you're listening to The Fringe FM, KTLK, Digital Broadcasting.
1: Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Yeah! you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, by volume, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video, or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. Perhaps. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, a professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The
3: biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're going to have to put into doing all this by yourself. Doesn't make sense. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could
1: do it tomorrow. Visit the fringe.fm, join our team and get jump started on your podcast today.
2: Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part
1: of a team.
2: It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: Thanks again. Um, This is very refreshing and I look forward to talking with you more soon, Ryan. Hey, this is Anthony Tyler, author of Dive Manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism, uh, website divemind.net, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable, my man. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline.
2: I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Here's a name I haven't heard in a while, Nostradamus. Born in the 16th century, best known for his book of prophecies. The French physician would express his prophecies in what were called quantrains. Quantrains, the stanza of four lines that have alternating rhyming patterns. And apparently, hundreds of years ago, Nostradamus also predicted what would be happening in 2020-2021. This is something that a lot of uh, people have pointed out, that Nostradamus predicted the so-called COVID-19 pandemic and the response to that pandemic by... Collective Humanity. He said, quote, Few young people, half dead to give a start, dead through spite, he will cause the others to shine, and in an exalted place some great evils to occur. Sad concepts will come to harm each uh, each one, temporal, dignified, the mass to succeed, fathers and mothers dead of infinite sorrows, women in mourning, the pestilence, pestilent, she-monster, the great one to be no more, all the world to end. Now, if you read Nostradamus, for sake of objectivity, you can find pretty much anything this guy says to relate to anything that you've experienced in your life, anything that's happened in the news. There are some things that Nostradamus wrote that are eerie. There's no doubt about that. In this quantrain, people are extracting that 2021 is the year of a zombie apocalypse. That's what people have extracted from this. I didn't get that from it. I could, and I, I get like, you know, contagion, like pandemic, like sickness, like death, like suffering and pain. Like I get that from it but pestilence disease this can also be metaphoric of something else you know diseases of the mind so nostradamus apparently predicted that 2021 would be the year of the zombie essentially not the not the year of the ox the year of the zombie so basically people have taken something that nostradamus wrote and they've compared it to 2021 because it fits I guess some kind of alternative narrative, and it mixes well with what is happening in mainstream media reporting. And what I mean by that is the Centers for Disease Control recently updated their advice. On preparing for a zombie apocalypse on the 3rd of March 2021. The Centers for Disease Control updated their zombie preparedness section on their website. It was launched in 2011. I, I remember when that first came out. I talked about it on radio. And the CDC made it very clear. It's not a joke. They offered lesson plans for teachers on zombie apocalypse preparedness, a downloadable poster that reads, Get a kit, make a plan, be prepared. In one section on the CDC website, they talk about the importance of having certain tools at home, like food, water, and medical supplies to last for at least 72 hours, backup power sources, medical records, and an emergency supply of prescription medicine. In addition to one gallon of water per person per day, The CDC recommends having first aid supplies available, noting, quote, although you're a goner, if a zombie bites you, you can use these supplies to treat basic cuts and lacerations that you might get during a tornado or hurricane. Now, basically what they've done is they've substituted hurricanes and tornadoes and floods and other disasters. They've substituted zombie in place of those words and because it's zombie, people will probably pay more attention to it. It's psychological, of course, and the CDC is just trying to give you this advice. Now, my issue is the Centers for Disease Control is an agency that is supposed to make recommendations and offer guidance. They don't make laws, first of all. Second of all, they receive funding, From people like Bill Gates. In fact, Bill Gates is one of their top funders. And when you have people like Bill Gates who have a vested interest in the public doing a certain thing or not doing a certain thing, it's suspicious that the CDC would want us to do exactly what Bill Gates wants us to do. Must just be a coincidence. Wants us to get vaccinated and wear the mask and don't participate in society anymore. Lock yourself down at home and listen to what the pink sweater tells you to do. But the CDC is also offering advice like they should be. And they're just replacing natural disasters with the word zombie. And so to suggest that you should have medical supplies and water and food at at least for 72 hours. You know, power uh, backup and uh, prescription medicine if you need it. These are not conspiracies. These are things that you should probably have. You should probably have a little extra food and water, a little bit of medicine, you know. This is stuff that you should have. It doesn't mean the CDC is telling you to buy a little extra water in general because they're trying to manipulate you. Like, this is common sense. This is, unfortunately, where I have to draw a line in this radio business or this world of whatever it is that I do here. I have to draw a line here because, see, if I say, look, the CDC is preparing us for a zombie apocalypse. This is proof that zombies are real. That'll get a lot of hits on YouTube. All right? And people will be there stroking themselves off to it. Yeah, I'll donate money to you. But, see, that's fraud because it's clear that it's just using zombie... They're just using zombies and, you know, the zombie apocalypse to draw people in to help them be prepared for natural disasters. Okay, that's not a cons- I mean, it's a conspiracy in the sense they've conspired to manipulate you, but it's also really obvious that it's just, it's just a metaphor. All right? They're just making a comparison so you pay attention. Right? That's all that they're doing. And if I say that, all oh, the people in radio do not like that. What do you mean, Ryan? It is a zombie apocalypse. So, sometimes that's why, you know, thinking for yourself is not, is not uh, well-received, especially, and ironically, in communities where we're supposed to have the, the most uh, open minds. It's kind of interesting. So, the CDC is telling us that you should be prepared for the zombie apocalypse, and they're telling us that, and the, the, the articles that have circulated the internet, that, that have uh, spread this information, are referring to Nostradamus predicting a zombie apocalypse in 2021. But when you read what he actually wrote, you, you could interpret it any way you want to interpret it. Few young people, half dead, to give a start, might be the only line in the quantrain that suggests zombies. But I thought zombies were fully dead, And then they came back kind of to life to feed. I didn't know they were half dead. We're getting into semantics here. We're getting into, like, uh, things I don't care about (laughs) Is, is the bottom line. I don't care. I just wanted to tell you that Nostradamus supposedly predicted this, but this is all coming because some news outlets related it to the Centers for Disease Control updating their zombie preparedness section on their website. However, they did this in 2011 and Nostradamus didn't make 2011 predictions about zombies. It's just a way to get you to pay attention to the story. That's all that it is. It's, it's, they call it a hook. It's a hook. All right? That's a hook. That's all that it is. Researchers published a study this year in personality and individual differences, suggesting that people who watch those zombie films and alien movies are actually more prepared for Disaster. They're more prepared for pandemics or they're more prepared for something that is that's life changing that alters life because they've watched these movies. They've essentially engaged with these horrific things in movies from the safety of their home or a theater or their phones, tablets, computers, and they've developed emotional regulation skills. Now, I think that people who watch these things are perhaps more desensitized to them and would react contrary to what the researchers are saying, that they'd react better. I think that people would react worse because they think it's just a movie. This can't happen in real life. And that's part of the predictive programming, although the researchers don't make that observation It's also a revelation of the method because through predictive programming you're being shown what's going to happen in an exaggerated state but in a safe environment and then when it actually happens you're desensitized and you react the way that you were programmed to react. Associate Professor of Psychology Athena Actippus in the Center for Evolution of Medicine Arizona State University, and Joe Alcock, professor of emergency medicine University of New Mexico, uh, these professors, these uh, scientists, psychologists, doctors, whatever you want to call them, they got together and they've suggested that COVID-19 is a zombie virus and that COVID-19 is very similar to Ophiocordyceps fungus, which zombifies ants, or the Toxoplasma gondii, a single-celled parasite that basically drives rodents into the jaws of predators. And they're saying that these people that are sick with COVID-19 have their body's immune systems suppressed, pain-blocked, and therefore this leads to, quote, the virus keeping the infected on their feet, or the virus keeps the infected on their feet, spreading the virus, They're telling us that this pandemic may have unleashed a horde of not undead, but unsick, infected and unwitting victims of a manipulative virus. They say it's the unsick who spread the virus most readily. About 40% of those with COVID-19 are asymptomatic spreaders, never showing any symptoms at all. Why people don't feel sick earlier, or sick at all, might be part of the evolutionary strategy of SARS-CoV-2. And they say that it suppresses the immune response. This is why you don't feel sick. It suppresses the body's ability to alert you that you're sick. It blocks interferons, molecules that help fight viruses. It decreases pain perception. So... What you're doing when you feel good and you go out in public is you're spreading the virus. That's what they're telling us. They say with SARS-CoV-2, unsick hosts have the energy to do as much as they used to, maybe more. Which is conflicting with the Centers for Disease Control and other federal guidelines on symptomatic people in that they feel fatigued and they feel exhausted and that this is one of the long-term effects of being exposed to COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, that you have less energy. But these researchers are saying, no, unsick hosts have energy to do as much as they do normally. Maybe they have more energy. So basically, the virus makes you healthier, even though you're sick, It gives you more energy, even though you have no energy. And it makes you want to go out and party, even though you want to stay inside. And it's basically controlling, they even say this, it's controlling you, it's manipulating you to do these things so it can spread more easily. Now, they're claiming and it's not tongue-in-cheek they're literally saying this like the article about zombies and aliens and asteroid movies and the apocalypse and all that stuff that was a tongue-in-cheek story from Forbes a tongue-in-cheek report that came out that was published uh the the study uh, was published that is in the uh, journal personality and individual differences that that was tongue-in-cheek the CDC's guidance on zombies even though it's it's important to inform people in a in a fun way of how to prepare for disaster that's tongue-in-cheek uh no th- no from the university of new mexico and arizona state university these psychologists and professors these people are serious they're telling you that unsick hosts have the energy to do as much as they used to maybe more because of the virus that the pandemic unleashed a horde of the unsick infected and unwitting victims of a manipulative virus it's the unsick who spread the virus how can you be unsick and spread the virus? If you're not sick, you're not sick. That word has lost all meaning to me. Sick, 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 sick. It just it has no meaning anymore. The unsick are spreading the virus. The unsick are being manipulated manipulated that's what they say this pandemic may have unleashed a horde of the unsick infected and unwitting victims of a manipulative virus the virus is manipulating you to do yoga it's manipulating you to take a run it's manipulating you to read a book and learn it's manipulating you to read the lancet where they claim the pcr test is virtually useless it's manipulating you to read the cdc's weekly report last week march 5th 2021 where they tell you that the that the masks have done virtually nothing it's manipulating you to read dozens and dozens and dozens of studies on masks that show they do nothing. It's manipulating you to read what the journal Microbiology and Infectious Disease had to say in league with the FDA about the emergency uses of vaccines for COVID-19 and how those vaccines cause prion disease or basically a manipulative uh, a manipulation of proteins, a folding of proteins that cause Alzheimer's and neurological degeneration, the virus is manipulating you to read that the virus essentially isn't doing anything to anybody and that the viruses that we are using as they claim to make vaccines, which isn't true because they're using messenger RNA, that that those viruses are actually less deadly than the vaccine. The virus wants you to think That masks don't work. The virus wants you to think that social distancing doesn't work. The virus wants you to think that it's not okay to stay inside, to lock down, to quarantine. The virus wants you to go out and spread it. Okay? It wants more of itself. It doesn't matter in all the studies when they can actually isolate the virus in particulates, droplets. It's a controlled environment. And in environments where it's not controlled and they they look at particles from coughs and sneezes, they can't find the virus in the particle. These are mainline publications from the very beginning a year ago. That's what they're actually saying. I, I've republished a lot of that stuff in my book, The Technological Elixir. I added a new chapter to it when I re, kind of rewrote the book. Last month. And I have a whole chapter on that where I've got the study. I've got the quotes from the study where they're like, it's a controlled environment. We couldn't find the virus. I've got one uh one report, one study in there that's like we, you know, looked at gas clouds, but they weren't of people who were infected with the virus, we didn't find the virus. But no, you're a zombie. You're a zombie. Because you are unsick and you are spreading the disease, you are a threat to the people who are sick, which doesn't make any sense, but not much makes sense anymore. Now, they're telling us this is complex, though. They're telling us this is happening because the virus is mutating, and they're not really sure how this is happening. All right? But they're saying it's because of hundreds of millions of infections, and trillions of viral replications, that genetic variants could give it an evolutionary leg up. Wouldn't that be the case with any virus? Shouldn't all viruses, by that explanation, have mutated to this point where they manipulate us to think we're healthy when we're not? I mean, that is a fallacy. That is a hard capital fallacy. They say more research is needed to determine whether new variants make people feel sick or feel unsick or longer. A paper in the Journal of Translational Medicine reported that the GZ69 variant is associated with high shedding rates in asymptomatic patients, meaning that people who are highly contagious uh, they typically feel fine. Oh, well, it's funny because I actually huh, stupid me. I actually looked up that study. I found that study, you know. Published Journal of Translational Medicine, a persistently replicating SARS CoV 2 variant derived from an asymptomatic individual. Well, the headline should tell you all you need to know, but if you skip on to the conclusion, it says that this variant was extracted from, quote, an asymptomatic healthcare worker. Now, I don't know about you, but a singular one. One person, that's where they got their information from. A single person was looked at, and it was determined that that one person had a COVID variant that had a high shed rate, and they were asymptomatic. Since when do we base science on one investigation, one patient, one person? Since when can Pfizer-BioNTech inject eight people with a highly experimental mRNA vaccine and claim that it's 95% effective? Since when is that science? I mean, hell, the the study that was published in uh, the Journal of Personality and Individual Differences looked at 300 people. That report, tongue-in-cheek about zombies and aliens, is literally more scientifically sound than the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine study and trial. That is more sound than this article from Translational Medicine. They used one person. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I need to tell you. That is sure, part of the scientific process, but it is not science in an authoritative, absolute sense to do one experiment on one person and then to definitively conclude by implication that this is a fact, even though it's not been replicated by other people, it's not been in some cases, I'm not sure about this article, peer-reviewed as if that means anything anyway. And there's no consequences for lying. And you can't publish real data because the journals won't publish it most of the time. And if you do, it's retracted. It's fraud. Pure and simple. That's what it is. It's fraud. Now, the article from these two people from the University of New Mexico and from Arizona State University, it tells us that by keeping people healthy or feeling good for longer they're capable of spreading the virus it's kind of like a sexually transmitted disease they say many of us have unwittingly acted as vehicles for its propagation with stunning implications our behavior might not be in our own evolutionary interests instead the unsick may be serving the virus wow do i need to read that again our behavior might not be in our own evolutionary interests. Instead, the unsick may be serving the virus. Do you see what an upside down world these people are creating? They're telling you if you're healthy, you're making sick people sick. They're telling you if you're sick, you're not going to make anybody else sick, which is even contrary to germ theory. They're telling you. That the virus is manipulating you to feel good. It's manipulating you to go out in public and to spread it. It's manipulating you to not wear masks and social distance. And it's not, and not. they're not saying this tongue-in-cheek. And that our behavior is not in our own evolutionary interest. If you're unsick, you're serving the virus. Which is also contrary to germ theory. Because if you're sick, you're the one serving the virus, right? In other words, humans need to stop right now. Where you are, stop. You need to listen to what global, unelected authorities tell you to do. They will keep you safe. They will keep you secure. They will keep you healthy. And they will decide who gets to live and who gets to die. The virus is a symbol. The virus, real or not, I don't know why people say it's not real. There's something being looked at on microscopes, okay? It doesn't mean that's what get, gets you sick. That's not what makes you sick necessarily, like with PCR tests. Particles don't mean that you're sick. But we're seeing something. The virus itself, though, th- therefore, it acts as a symbol of those that comply with the things that are anti-human. It must be the carbon dioxide. That's what's killing the planet. It must be what we... exhale, that's killing the planet. It must be the person who wants to take a jog or a run or go to the movie or go to the gym. It must be the people uh, people that want to go to the store and get food. Those are the people that are healthy and feel good. They're spreading the virus. They are making sick, obese people sick. Healthy humans, the majority of us, relative, of course, in some respect, we're the problem. And we're not serving... The virus, when we don't participate in, uh, or we are serving the virus, when we don't participate and do exactly what the world authorities tell us to do. I mean, this is some scary, scary stuff. It's way scarier than a zombie movie, but the people that believe it, they're the ones that have been zombified. Doing exactly what authorities to tell, them, tell them to do exactly when they're told to do it because your behavior is not your own behavior you're being manipulated by the virus your behavior is not in your own evolutionary interest instead you're actually serving the virus when you're unsick I'm Ryan Gable this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM there's more after this www.thesecretteachings.info don't go anywhere we'll be back
0: TheSecretTeachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and
2: Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming Equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM.
3: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy.
2: It's March, the month of the spring equinox. Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
3: If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash teachings.
2: Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
3: I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: Hi,
1: it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
2: I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Psychologist and a professor walk into a bar. Nah, I'm just joking, they don't walk into a bar. They wrote a news article, and they suggested that people who are healthy are actually sick, and people who are sick are actually healthy, and that... COVID-19 as a virus has mutated to the point where it's manipulating people into thinking that wearing a mask is not a good idea, that social distancing is not a good idea. It's manipulating you to think that if you read The Lancet, one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world, if you read that and they tell you the PCR test is basically worthless, and if I listen to Kerry Mollis, the inventor of the test, say that it's worthless to determine if somebody's sick, that's the virus manipulating you. Athena Actipus and Joe Alcock from Arizona State University and the University of New Mexico respectively are telling us that the virus interferes with the body's normal immune response, blocking pain, and it keeps the infected on their feet spreading the virus. They relate it to the Ophiocordyceps fungus, the zombified ants, and the Toxoplasma gondii the single-celled parasite that brings rodents into the jaws of predators. They said the pandemic has unleashed a horde not of the undead, but of the unsick, infected and unwitting victims of manipulative virus. It's the unsick who spread the virus most readily, they say. Unsick hosts have the energy to do as much as they used to, maybe more. And that all these variants of the virus are the mutations because of all the people that are infected with it. And they even tell you at the end of the article, and this just turns reality on its head, if you've been feeling surprisingly good the last few days, you might want to get a COVID-19 test. Now, I'm not sure how many people that read this actually think, oh my God, I haven't been sick for weeks, months, years, a decade. Personally, I haven't been sick for a decade. I must have covid And they go get a test, and it's positive because virtually all the tests are positive. One lab in Florida had a 100% positive rate, and nobody was sick. 80% of the tests in New York State, fraud, false positive. So, you should get a test and see if you're sick. What they're telling us is that if you are healthy, you are actually sick. If you're sick, you're actually healthy, and... You don't have an ability to think for yourself the virus is manipulating you. That's right. Apparently, Nostradamus predicted this in a quantrain that he wrote. He said, few young people half dead to give a start. Well, half dead, they say, means zombies. I don't think it means zombies. I think it has another meaning. You can interpret it however you want. But one thing I found really interesting is that if you ever watched I Am Legend... With Will Smith. It's kind of based off of uh, the old uh, Omega Man movie. You might remember. How that movie starts out. And you pick up the pieces as you go along. That. It's not really a zombie movie. Per se. What happened was. This big corporation. Genetically engineered. The measles virus. And the doctor that was ahead of this, Alice Crippen, in genetically altering the measles virus, creating what was known as the Crippen virus, was used to cure cancer. So rather than making you sick, they used measles, altered it genetically, to make you better. Now, when they first distributed the Crippen virus, it had no side effects But over time, the virus mutated, and it caused rabies like symptoms in most of the hosts. The outbreak began in December of 2009, where the virus also, in part, they say in the the description of the movie, escaped from a laboratory. They say there are two strains of the Crippen virus, the airborne strain and the contact strain. Once the Crippen virus infects a human host, they will slowly succumb to the disease over the course of 48 hours. During that time, the host will suffer symptoms such as a fever, bleeding from the eyes, and vomiting blood. By the time the 48-hour deadline is up, the psychological symptoms of KV will have surfaced. The host will develop primal behavior and vicious bloodlust. They will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power that the Crippen virus gives them. So there's some level of consciousness in these creatures still. They're not really zombies. They've just been reduced to very primal behavior. And those humans that succumb to the virus and survive, they're called dark seekers. So they're kind of like zombies, but they they burn in the sun. They have to stay in the dark, right? Now, I find this to be very interesting. You can make correlations to Contagion and other movies and things like that. But I think it's interesting because the virus yet, it breaks out in December, and that's basically when we started reporting on what was happening in Wuhan. And when I say what was happening, whatever was happening in Wuhan, uh, staged or otherwise. And the idea that the virus escaped from a laboratory, this has kind of been a very hot topic even among conspiracists, right, or whatever people want to call themselves. I'm not that. I don't know what that term means, but uh, there's a large body of evidence from the State Department in the U.S. Even Newsweek published it that there were millions of dollars and genetic material transferred to the Chinese, to the Wuhan lab, uh, BLS4, BSL4, Biosafety Lab 4, which is the highest level in Wuhan. Uh, one of their only BSL4 labs and that they conducted genetic experiments there and they you know supposedly were playing around with coronaviruses that's that's the other story we're told and at first to me that sounded much more credible i'm not dismissing that still i know people like david Icke and others are saying no that's not what happened there's no virus well that, that the problem i have with that and i and i tried to Asked David that question when I called into Ground Zero, and I, I, uh, I wanted to ask him uh, that question and talk to him about that on a on a on another show. Uh, but people like David Ike and others that are saying there's no virus, we have to def- we should define that. And I know a lot of people have have defined that, but when you have this discussion, uh, you say there's no virus. There's still a virus. There's still something that's being identified. The confusion is germ theory. That's the confusion. To say that there's no virus means that there's nothing being identified or witnessed. There are things being identified under electron microscopes. Is that an artifact artificially created or something? That's up for debate as well. But there are things that are being seen, witnessed, and identified. Sure. Do they not exist because someone says a virus doesn't exist? No, when they say they don't believe in a virus, it's not that they don't believe in a virus. It's they don't believe viruses make people sick. That's the difference. You either believe viruses and bacteria make you sick, or you believe that other things make you sick. And those are the the body's response, certain things, the body's response to getting rid of the toxins in the body. It's detoxification. I think it can be a combination of things, from what I've read. And contrary to popular belief, uh, you want to say, what's that, what's that phrase? The jury's still out. The jury's still out on whether or not viruses cause disease. The jury's still out, even according to Scientific American, if viruses are alive or dead. Okay, The jury's still out on a lot of stuff. In 2021, by the way. So the Crippen virus in I Am Legend, it's very interesting because of its outbreak in December and it supposedly escapes from a lab. and COVID-19 supposedly escaped from a lab and it's starting to seem like that story is more like controlled opposition and it's created a lot of confusion. But there's no doubt that gain-of-function research has been conducted on viruses and bacteria here in the United States and in other countries. And I don't think it's a far stretch to cross the barrier between germ theory and people that don't believe in germ theory and people that have kind of a mixed view on that and don't believe viruses or bacteria exist at all, which is very strange to me. It's easy to cross that barrier and, in fact, remove that barrier when we start to look at the possibility of genetically engineering bacteria or genetically engineering something that even the body excretes to become a weapon system to attack the body. you can take something natural and engineer it to do something that is otherwise unnatural so you can take with microchips and uh, little monitors that you put on your body or you in, 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 inject into the body invest in, uh, invest in some capacity into the body you plug it into the body uh, you can do that and you can get real time readouts like with smart dust of a neurological uh, function of organ function in the body, basically like a more complex Fitbit uh, or Apple, Apple Watch or something. And if you can get the signal from the body, then you can send a signal back into the body to control the neurological activity and to control those organs in the body, you could create a heart attack or I mean, theoretically, I can't do it. I don't have the I don't have a laboratory to invent and make this kind of stuff, but theoretically, if you can control what is coming out, you can control what goes in. And this is what genetic engineers do. They've done this with CRISPR. They've done this with the human brain already. They did that in China. The Chinese have been using mRNA vaccines to experiment on soldiers to create super soldiers. There's a big U.S. report that came out about that a few months ago. And we know that mRNA vaccines aren't even vaccines. They don't use dead virus, which is also kind of erroneous to say because nobody can agree if a virus is dead or alive, or some people can't agree if a virus even exists, let alone if it causes disease or not. The, all these different camps. I'm, I'm actually in the camp camp, if you will, if I had to pick a camp. I'm definitely not in the Pasteur camp. But genetic engineering can be used to take something natural And to engineer it to be harmful, even if in its natural state it's unharmful. It doesn't harm anything, it it just is. It's kind of like replacing the organic world that functions in unison with itself with a synthetic world that functions partly in unison under the control of artificial programming. And in the movie, I Am Legend, Dr. Alice Crippen finds a cure for cancer by taking something that's harmful and manipulating it to help people. So they take the measles virus, they manipulate it, and they create the Crippen virus, which when people are exposed to it, 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 it has no symptoms at first. It cures cancer But then it mutates and it causes rabies-like symptoms in the host. And if you've seen I Am Legend, you know that the world pretty much ends. And these creatures called dark seekers prey on the living. Now, let's just for a moment, let's put aside all of that. And let's look at the psychology of it. If you look up I Am Legend and the storyline, the synopsis, and what the Crippen virus is, you get this description of what the Crippen virus does to the people that are infected with it. The host will develop primal behavior and a vicious bloodlust, kind of like a zombie, kind of like a vampire. They will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power the Crippen virus gives them. So there are three ways to look at this. You can look at this as I am legend essentially predicting what's going to happen with the COVID vaccine. Everybody's going to get healthy and then suddenly everybody's going to turn into zombies. That's one level. You can also look at it from the point of view that the virus outbreak begins in December of 2009. It escapes partly from a laboratory. It's airborne. It's on the surface, and people get really sick, and they attack each other, and it's just and the world falls apart. Okay, that's kind of like the baseline. All right, that's the first interpretation. The second interpretation is, of course, that the virus is suppressed with the vaccine, and everybody gets turned, you know, gets turned into a zombie, and then they attack, and that's second interpretation, my interpretation, although I see both those interpretations, my interpretation is psychological. My interpretation is kind of like those zombie movies and those alien movies we watch that prepare us for real disasters. The journal Personality and Individual Differences, the study we talked about from, from that journal that suggested this, John Johnson, the study author from Penn State, the psychology professor tongue-in-cheek suggested that when you watch those movies you're more prepared for those kinds of disasters you're more prepared for COVID-19 it's tongue-in-cheek and it's it is absolutely you know relevant and people are perhaps better prepared but it also desensitizes people so they're not as prepared and so they instead play pandemic they think that it's a game. They think that it's a movie. It's like The Walking Dead, or it's like The Last of Us, or something like that, right? Or Left 4 Dead, the video game. They think that it's like it's live-action role-playing. And at some point, you'll know who those people are because they just decide, I don't want to play this game anymore. And they stop playing the game. Now, the Centers for Disease Control updated their guidance on zombie apocalypse stuff okay they they go in and they're like you got to have water got to have food got to have medical supplies and some people actually believe okay they're really preparing you for zombies this began back in 2011 but the fact is they're just using zombie as a buzzword so that you pay attention and you get prepared because the common person isn't prepared to deal with their daily life let alone a disaster whether that's uh, what happened in Texas with the snow or it's a hurricane. Now, these researchers, associate professor of psychology and professor of emergency medicine, Athena Actipus and Joe Alcock from the University of New Mexico, jo- uh, Joe Alcock and then Arizona State University, Athena Actipus are saying that people who are sick from COVID-19 are actually having their immune systems Blocked, their pain blocked, and therefore they're on their feet spreading the virus like zombies, like ophiocordyceps fungus-infected ants. That humans are no different than ants; they're no different than rodents, being affected by toxoplasma gondii. That the pandemic has unleashed a horde of the unsick, infected, and unwitting victims of a manipulative virus. The unsick are spreading the virus the unsick have more energy to do things. They're out there spreading the virus and that our behavior, quote, might not be in our own evolutionary interests. Instead, the unsick may be serving the virus. Your behavior's not yours. It's manipulated by the virus. You need to listen to what authorities tell you to do. And if you're feeling surprisingly good, they say, you might want to go get a COVID-19 test because the sick people are being made sick by the unsick who aren't sick, but they are sick, and the sick people aren't sick, though they are sick. In essence, they're claiming that the people who want to go out and have a good time, or hang out with friends, or whatever, they're being manipulated. When in fact, it's the people that are listening to what the authorities tell them, in large part, where you have conflicting information, very confusing information, contradicting information, those are the people that are thinking for themselves. They're the the ones that are not manipulated by the virus. They're sick. They're doing what they're told. They're still sick. They're not feeling good, but they're actually healthy, and you are sick because you think for yourself and because you are healthy. Now, remove the zombie from the equation... And all you get is authoritarianism. You get hardcore, raw, unlubed propaganda that's crammed into your brain and your skull to condition you and to train you because it otherwise wouldn't work to tell people you're dirty as a human being. You would see the enemy. But if they can condition you to think that you exhaling is poisonous to the planet, or that essentially anyone who is healthy is actually sick and they can condition you through the predictive programming and through the revelation of the method and through an onslaught of unlooped propaganda that's crammed into your skull 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, to think that. You will absolutely begin to think subconsciously and consciously humans are bad humans are gross humans are disgusting and if you aren't wearing a mask and social distancing and getting a vaccine you are the problem you are sick and you're going to make me sick it doesn't matter if the CDC just put out their guidelines this week that said healthy people still can't congregate with vaccinated people and vice versa. And if you have a vaccine and you want to go hang out with an unvaccinated person, you still need to wear a mask. They could still make you sick. What is the point in the vaccine then? Somebody help me out. Now, when you relate that to I Am Legend, sure, the virus partly comes out of a lab. They explain in the synopsis for the movie. Sure, it, it, the outbreak begins in December. Sure, it's because of. Airborne transmission, contact transmission. That's the first popular culture extraction that we can take from I Am Legend. The second one is that Alice Crippen, the doctor who genetically engineers the measles virus to cure cancer, ultimately creates these dark seekers and creates an apocalyptic end-of-the-world scenario where most of the population dies because of their, their vaccine, their, 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 their exposure to this Crippen virus, genetically altered measles virus. And so because the RNA vaccines are genetic manipulators, and that's what people are being given, we can interpret that as suggesting that what's going to happen is that people are going to become like these dark seekers or they're going to die. They're going to become like zombies because they're exposed to something that changes their genes, just like I am legend. I'm looking at it from the psychological angle, because if you read the synopsis on what the, the Crippen virus does in the movie, in the story, the host will develop primal behavior and a vicious blood lust. They will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed and will embrace the newfound power the Crippen virus gives them. Now that is very, very interesting. It's interesting to me because psychologically speaking, my circumstantial evidence confirms that we're already living in I Am Legend. Because when I go to the store, the types of reactions, people have looked at me and pointed and laughed at me for not wearing a mask. One woman went, ha, ha, like that, which I thought was hilarious, you know, but the primitive, primal, animalistic behavior. I don't even want to demean animals like that. It's not animalistic. It's like single-celled organism behavior. Okay? It's unconscious behavior that I've experienced not wearing a mask and even telling people, like, I can't breathe in it. I don't care. Put it on. And they just... (laughs) And I've said they're kind of like zombies. But now it's being turned around and we're being told that healthy people are like zombies. Sick people are actually... Be healthy. And so the Crippen virus makes you feel this primal behavior and you have the vicious bloodlust. You become, like, violent towards people. Look at the people that have been assaulted. Of course, others will tell you, well, if you're not, you know, you're not wearing a mask, those people that don't wear a mask are more likely to assault you. Well, I've never seen that before. The thing is, the uninfected are seen as monsters that have to be destroyed to the infected. I'd suggest, a little little tongue-in-cheek, that if zombies are real, and if viral contagions, genetic alteration, or otherwise, if this is what's happening as the article we've been looking at tonight suggests I think these professors from the University of New Mexico and the state uh, Arizona State University I think they are infected with this cordyceps like fungus I think they're infected to, to condition you to think that the uninfected are vicious monsters that must be destroyed that me a healthy person am sick and I have to be destroyed because you are illiterate and can't read actual scientific literature, including the ones that you think prove the official narrative, like, oh, no, COVID-19 sheds, and it's asymptomatic, and then you read the article from Translational Medicine, Translational Science, and they're like, yeah, we found that from one person. Pfizer's like, yeah, 95% effective, but we tested it on eight people. They just kind of stayed off to the side. Eight people. The host develops primal behavior and a vicious bloodlust. They will also see the uninfected as vicious monsters that must be destroyed. And they embrace the newfound power the Crippen virus gives them. That newfound power is, you will do what I tell you to do. Pull your shirt up over your face, young man. You will not expose us to that viral contagion. Not in so many words, but I was told that at a Walgreens or maybe it was a CV. It was a Walgreens uh, a couple nights ago on Sunday night. I walked in. The security guards said, where's your mask? I said, I don't have one. She said, okay, go shop. I grabbed like a little heating thing. For, I had to have a heating pad for my back or like a, what do they call it, Like an icy hot patch kind of a thing. I wanted to try that for a muscle in my back. And I got that, go up front. And the woman's like, she looks at me. Sir, pull your shirt up over your face. And I said, I'm not pulling my shirt up over my face. I can't breathe. And the other lady she was checking out said, Yeah, you got to wear a mask. And I said, No, I don't think I'm going to. In fact, did you see the CDC just said? And at, on Sunday, it was like 48 hours ago. I said, 48 hours ago, the CDC said that masks don't do anything. And they both just stopped. And I swear to God, it was like they were robotic. They just kind of like their heads kind of, shook and vibrated like they were a rusty robot, and they just kind of moved their heads back in place and stopped talking. I said, would you like to see the the study? And they just like freeze like robots. That newfound power that COVID-19 has given them to enforce trivial demands on the common person so you feel like a big, strong human that has all this power when you're really being demoralized, dehumanized, degraded, and demeaned. Your will is being broken, and you're submitting with a mask on your knees and a needle in your arm and a swab in your ass to authoritarians that are convincing you that sick people are actually healthy and unhealthy people are actually sick and need to be destroyed, turning people against each other, creating a literal population of zombies that can furthermore be controlled, like in Resident Evil. Now, you talk about pop conspiracy and synchromysticism and the nature of psychological manipulation, predictive programming, and the revelation of the method, and there you have it. I'm going to play you the clip from I Am Legend where the doctor Alice Crippen describes what she's done to cure cancer.
0: The
3: world of medicine has seen its share of miracle cures, from the polio vaccine to heart transplants, but all past achievements may pale in comparison to the work of Dr. Alice Crippen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. What's us do? So Dr. Crippen, give it to me in a nutshell.
0: Well, the premise is quite simple. Um, take something designed by nature and reprogram it to make it work for the body rather than against it. You're talking about a virus? Indeed, yes, in this case the measles um, virus which has been engineered at a genetic level to be helpful rather than harmful. Um, and I- I find the best way to describe it is if you, can, if you can imagine your body as a highway and you picture the virus as a very fast car um, being driven by a very bad man, imagine the damage that that car could cause. Mm. But then if you replace that man with a cop, the picture changes, and that's essentially what we've done. How many people have you treated so far? Well, we've had 10,009 um, clinical trials in humans so far.
3: And how many are cancer-free?
0: 10,009.
3: So you have actually cured cancer? Yes, yes. Yes, we have.
2: That's from I Am Legend. Dr. Alice Crippen describing how cancer was cured by taking the measles virus, manipulating it, and creating something that could help people, but it didn't actually end up helping people. It turned them into zombies who developed primal behavior and a vicious bloodlust. Really, they were more like vampires than zombies. They saw the uninfected as vicious monsters that had to be destroyed. They embraced the newfound power that the Crippen virus gave them. Psychologically speaking, that's pretty much what's happening all around us. The people that do what they're told are embracing the power that the state gives them. and It's like it's like Scooby-Doo, right? We, we take the mask off and we see who's really behind it. You know, jinkies, it's authoritarianism, jinkies, it's global dictatorship, jinkies. It's it's all the same crap that's been written about and that's been so-called predicted, you know, like the World Economic Forum's predictions for the future when they've actually mapped them out and planned them for years. You take it off and it's like, it's the same exact playbook. But now to suggest... That healthy people are actually sick and to suggest that those healthy people have to be, in effect, destroyed is suggesting that the people who are wanting to do the destroying to prevent the healthy people from getting them sick, as if that makes any sense, they sound like they're under the influence of an ophiocordyceps fungus. It sounds like they're kind of they're kind of like a zombified ant. Wouldn't you say? I mean what's happening is that psychologists who are running our perceptions and creating these narratives are taking the natural world psychologically speaking and they're inverting it and turning it upside down as much so as the people who build machines and new technologies are taking the organic world and inverting it and replacing it with synthetics. And while we argue about, is a virus real? Is it not real? Is it alive? Is it not alive? Do you believe in this or that or up or down or left or right? All valid arguments to have. I don't know what it means when someone says a virus isn't real. I'm not sure what that means. I think that you can take things that are viruses, whether they cause disease or not, probably engineer them just like an I Am Legend and create the Dark Seekers. And metaphorically speaking, we've already created those people. Metaphorically speaking, we've created the zombies psychologically. And you're talking about through medical means. Through genetic engineering, it's a lot more than simple zombification. It sounds like human extermination and human termination. And the people that have these views, when you take the masks off, it's not about viruses. It's about population control. It's about controlling the world. The oldest thing in the book. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for listening www.thesecretteachings.info is our website. Subscribe today, please, to the archive. The montages, the books, all under one cost. It supports the show, the network, and you. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.